Wolf, get away from those sheep. Bollocks. You're listening to the Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. Broadcasting from Fort Worth in the great state of Texas. Now, get ready for this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we have with us Devin Hurt. Devin, glad you could join us today. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you, sir. So you might notice that the wolf is missing. And uh, before we get to talking with Devin, just like to make a quick announcement. We've alluded to it on the show that, you know, his girlfriend became his fiance. And well, guess what? Over the weekend, his fiance became his wife. So congratulations to the wolf. They are on their honeymoon. Honestly, he didn't even tell me where they were going on their honeymoon. <laughs> so uh, that's typical wolf, right? So, uh, you know, congratulations on their wedding. They are on their honeymoon. So, of course, he left the shop to me to take care of everything podcast-wise. And, of course, you know, I'm used to that by now. But with all that being said, Devin, let's talk a little bit before we get into Prediction Strike, which to me is absolutely fascinating. And we are, we're going to get into the weeds on Prediction Strike because this is a fascinating fascinating idea but let's talk a little bit about your background so can you tell everybody kind of you know where you came from and all that good stuff in in your background sure first of all congrats to the wolf um congrats on the wedding i hope the honeymoon's fun now as for me so i'm from long island uh i grew up there spent most of my life there after that i went to college i went to harvard up in boston I uh, was there for four years. From there, went to Portland to work for Nike. Did that for about two years. Uh, then went back home to really launch Prediction Strike and just take that to the next level. Okay, let's. All right, let's stop there. You went to Harvard, right? I mean, not a, not a lot of people get to say they went to Harvard. What what took you into Harvard? I mean, what what made you say I got to go to Harvard and and walk us through that? You know, just the 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 short version of getting into Harvard. Yeah. I mean, look, of course it's, it's a ton of hard work a ton of, to get there. And then once you're there, but just the opportunities are unparalleled. It, it's kind of hard to say no. Um, so as you can see, I didn't, uh, and I really wouldn't trade it for anything. Outstanding experience, phenomenal people, just, just great place to be. Yeah. But do you ever feel like, I mean, today it, everybody knows Harvard, right? It's always, you know, the university to go to. It's like, oh, well, this guy's from Harvard. Oh, he must know what he's talking about. I mean, yeah, people know Stanford, they know Yale and everything, but like Harvard is, you know, you used to say Cadillac, but I think now you say Rolls Royce or or the Bentley universities, right? I mean, just to be able to say, well, I went to Harvard. It's almost like you go up one notch in being able to talk about what you're talking about, just to be able to say you went to Harvard. Um, I, you know, I think in some ways that's true. I think the perception is definitely there. Um, and, and that's really the school's job. They do a great job of bringing in a lot of smart people and also making sure that, that you are smarter when you leave and that that reputation holds. Um, so let's hope I can live up to it. Yeah, no, that's, that's very cool. So, uh, not to dig too much into the background, but 
bioengineering. I mean, it, you went to Harvard for bioengineering. So, I mean, it, you're now the CEO of, of a company that has absolutely nothing to do with bioengineering. So what was that initial thought, you know, back when you're 18, 19 or whatever, going into college? What what was it that you were looking at actually trying to do? Yes. So kind of as you alluded, I was looking at doing not at all what I'm doing now. I was looking at going to med school. Uh, so hence bioengineering. Um, I decided not to go to med school towards the end of sophomore year. And at that point I was mostly done with my requirements. So it was kind of like, let me get this bioengineering degree and use kind of the extra courses I have to start to see what I want to do, um, and kind of figure out what's next. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I remember I went to the university of North Texas, not UT, the university Mm -hmm. of North Texas. And we have jokes here in Texas, you know, uh, UNT is the university of nearly Texas. And we we have a a college UTA university of Texas at Arlington. And we joke about that calling it the university of Texas, almost, you know, things like that. Right. But I remember going to UNT and I wanted to be a lawyer. And so when I went to orientation at UNT, they said, okay, all the pre-law people, you go into this room. And so you were signing up for majors and literally they told me in that room, well, we don't have a pre-law major. So you have to take political science. So I signed up for political science and I was too lazy to ever change my major. So I actually graduated with a political science degree. So, yeah, so that's, and, and then of course I didn't go to law school because kind (laughs) of like you about two years in, I'm like, you know, I'm not a big fan of school, you know, I want to go do something else. So totally, totally get that. So, uh, so now let's, let's dig into prediction strike. So, Give everybody kind of a 30,000-foot view of what prediction strike is. The simplest way to explain it is the stock market for sports. So imagine you can buy and sell shares of your favorite pro athletes as if they were stocks. Now, those share prices are going to move based on how the athletes perform in games, as well as our other users buying or selling shares of those athletes. So we tried to simplify the real stock market in a way that you could get if you were anyone from a super casual sports fan to like, the numbers analytics junkie who can rattle off like every stat line from the 74 Super Bowl. Gotcha. So where'd you come up with the idea? Brad, my co-founder and best friend came up with it really just in a conversation. So Brad and I were, we were talking and we we're talking about the real stock market about just life. It was May of that year. So NBA playoff season and Brad had lost a little bit of money in the stock market. And he's like, I just wish I could put my money in LeBron. And it was like, well, what if you could, what if, what if we built something that maybe you could, we built it and it's, it's just been taken off. Yeah. Totally, totally understanding that. And of course, in that conversation, right, you're talking about investing and, and your buddy, Brad, right. Loses some money and, Investing for most people, right, is a little bit on the difficult side, right? You know, they rely on a stockbroker. They rely on some kind of a financial advisor, something like that. But now with the advent of the Internet and things like that, people can actually kind of look and say, hey, I can do this on my own. Is Is this a vehicle per se that they could go outside of traditional methods of investing and 
invest their money in this? I mean, that's exactly the idea, right? If the stock market is incredibly complex, it's at times unrelatable. People don't know how it works, but I think a lot of people understand how, how, how football works, how basketball works, or I don't know, whatever, whatever your favorite sport is. And that's more natural to them. And so that's what we want. We want to give you the approachable investment for you. Right. So uh, let's use LeBron James. You're the one that brought him up, not me. Right. So uh, I want to invest in LeBron James. So walk me through how that works and how I'm going to make money, hopefully, right? Make money. That's, that's mm-hmm. the whole point behind it. So walk me through how exactly that works. So you will deposit money. You sign up for prediction strike, of course, <laughs> most importantly, you deposit money into your prediction strike account that shows up like an account balance. And then now you can buy, buy those shares. So I'm, so say LeBron is $10 a share. You, I don't know, you deposit a hundred dollars, you buy your 10 shares of LeBron. Now you have your shares. Um, and then LeBron's going to have a game coming up. Say it's tonight. He's going to have a, pro- a projection for that game and it's going to be in fantasy points. So say his projection is like, I don't know. Uh, 40 fantasy points and he gets 50 tonight, his stock price is going to go up. If he gets, say, 30, the stock price is going to go down. And then uh, you also, so you, you can make money like that. And there's also just, are other people buying or selling? I mean, it's LeBron. So a lot of people, you know, are going to buy those shares and keep pumping that price up. So, or maybe it's a new rookie you, you purchase shares in that everyone's going to buy shares of, or maybe it's someone who's just now starting. That might be how you make money. So we arguably then like you talk about LeBron, right? A name that even if you don't follow basketball, you know that name, but maybe you don't know this rookie. So basically, like you said, 10 bucks a share for LeBron. And of course, these aren't the real prices on prediction strike. We're just, we're throwing easy math numbers out there, right? So 10 bucks a share for LeBron, you throw a hundred bucks at that, you get 10 shares, but you might have, uh, I don't know, Tristan Abbott, a rookie in the NBA that you can buy for 50 cents a share. You could throw that hundred bucks at them. And then now all of a sudden you've got 200 shares of them. So you own a little bit more of, of that player, so to speak. So when those fantasy points go up or down, you have more risk, but more reward, right? And is that kind of the premise behind this? Yes. I mean, that's exactly it, right? Like build, build your portfolio the way you want, just like the real stock market. You know, if you want to buy those, buy that penny stock that might go to zero, do it. Or if you want to ride that wave and buy what, what is the NBA Amazon? It probably is LeBron. And the NFL one's probably Tom Brady, right? You can do that. So play exactly how you want to. So in looking at a player like LeBron, and, and uh, this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd apparently is sponsored by LeBron James because we keep just repeating his name. So LeBron, send us a check. But are there unlimited shares of the player? I mean, if if I'm a brand new prediction strike member and my favorite player is LeBron, I can still go in and buy shares of this player. How does, how does that work in your system when you bring on new people to your system and they have that favorite player? 
you know, is it unlimited shares and how does that part work? Uh, for now it is, but just for now, we're uh, still, we're onboarding a lot of users right now. So we want to make sure everyone can get their shares um, in this, in this first big wave and this big push that's coming, but eventually there will be a finite number of shares and then users will just be trading with each other. Oh, okay. So how is that going to work? So it'll be like, you have your share of LeBron at $13. Um, I, you want to sell it. I want to buy it. We get matched up. Everyone kind of walks away happy. Oh, I got you. Okay. But eventually then each player is going to have that finite number of shares. Right. Okay. And so that's really what would drive the price of the shares. It'll be everything. It'll be games. How many and the game performance as well as do other users want to buy or sell? So walk me through how that it, once you get to that point where it's kind of closed off, right? And so each player has that finite number of shares. Then how is that game performance going to move the quote unquote stock price, so to speak, of the player? So the game performance will still be reflected in the market rate. So say LeBron has a great game, maybe his market rate goes from that $10 to $12. So now you'll be looking to sell to people at $12, say, or maybe at $13, or maybe the opposite happens. He doesn't, doesn't have the best game. Now you're looking to sell to people at $9.50, at $9. Gotcha. So what happens, and and now it just feels like we're beating LeBron up right now, but, it, you know, that that's fine because we'll, we'll switch to football, which I know more about because okay. literally I, I would venture to say there's one NBA player that I know, and it's LeBron James, so I'm glad at least you said his name. But what happens when LeBron gets injured? It kind of depends on when. And what the market wants to do. So say he gets injured in the middle of a game. His share, he's probably, say it's like this, literally the middle of the game, halftime. He doesn't play the second half. He's probably going to miss his projection. His share price is probably going to fall. But let's say he gets injured after beating his share price. His, his stock price might go up. You know, I don't know, he gets injured very last play of the game. Um, or maybe he gets injured in practice. Now, if he gets injured in practice, it kind of depends on what the market wants. Other people might see this as a buy low opportunity. They might come in and buy, and that'll send the share price up. Other people might say, I don't know. It's getting a little old. Every one of these injuries hurts. <laughs> and start and people start selling. Now that'll send the share price down. Right. So so now let's let's use a fake person, right? Let, let's say Devin Hurt gets signed to the NBA. Now he's a rookie, and there's not much money in Devin Hurt, right? It, you know. Maybe he's riding the bench. Maybe he plays like a minute and a half a game. Could yep. could Devin Hurt go in and buy all his shares and kind of control his own destiny? No, definitely not all of them. We have limits on that, um, kind of for that reason. We don't want people to manipulate the market. Um, it's either, you know, you could have someone who comes in and just says, I really like this random player. Let me make it seem like their stock price is $100 a share now. Or it might be someone, there's always someone who knows someone like everyone has an uncle or a cousin somehow who works at a team. And now, but the reason that matters is they might know, Oh, so-and-so is not playing today. So-and-so said they were feeling sick this morning and then they can really manipulate the market. So we don't want that at all. Right. Almost like uh, what was that? The, 
1919 White Sox, right? When they yes. when they rigged the World Series and yep. the, the eight men out and all that good stuff. So so you have something in place to keep the manipulation, the the illegal manipulation, even though it, maybe illegal is a strong word, but that manipulation of the market, you you have something in place for that. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what about uh, investing in the players with crypto? Have y'all looked at crypto at all? We've looked at it. We haven't made uh, movements in the space, mostly just because of time. Uh, We're a small team. We are constantly pushing to release new sports. We're launching UFC in a week and a half to get new features out, uh, new app (laughs) updates. So just we're, it's on the way. Um, You so, can't ignore what crypto has done lately. Um, that would be silly of us as a business. So it's on the way. Gotcha. So maybe we need to back up a little bit. So how long has Prediction Strike been available? Well, uh, funny you should ask. So we started about three years ago, and that was we started with just our friends. So it wasn't publicly available at all. Um, it didn't become publicly available until about two years ago. And then we did a beta um, and then we had a big relaunch last year and a bigger relaunch this fall for NBA season. That seems to be the time we release our new apps and our new updates. So our, for NFL season, excuse me, this year, that seems to be the time to release our new apps and new updates. Gotcha. Uh, spoiler alert. Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook just for one college. I mean, can you see you being that next guy that, you know, you started off, like you said, for your buddies, you know, like, I mean, I'm guessing years ago, right. You did fantasy football or fantasy basketball or something like that, which is what kind of was the catalyst behind this. And then you said, well, I got my buddies and let, let's figure out a better way to do this. And now you're spinning that out. Right. Can, can you kind of walk us through Maybe what was that kind of that catalyst? And then you, like you say, you have the beta and, and now here it comes to the public. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're, you're pretty uh, close to what was going on there. I've been in fantasy football and fantasy basketball leagues for years. Uh, the guy I was talking to Brad where, when we kind of had the idea, he's in a fantasy football and basketball league with me. So we, we spent a lot of time just talking about fantasy, talking about sports. And it was kind of like, I also was in a unique position and still kind of am where I have the worst luck in fantasy. My starters always get injured always every year without fail, no matter what I do, which means I'm kind of by the, by a certain point in the fantasy season, it's like, I don't have a chance anymore. So now it's a big thing with prediction strike as well. What it, what is, um, what, what is something that, that I could do? Right. What how can I still engage with the sport that I love and still care about it, knowing my fantasy team is never going to win because my top three picks are hurt. And so that's been a big thing about prediction strike. There's always something. Even if you buy shares of that guy, he gets hurt. Well, sell those shares and go buy shares of the next guy. And that's been a huge part of it. And that's been a lot of fun for the users. Yeah. It I remember the first time I got involved with fantasy sports. I don't remember the year. And uh, you're a younger guy than I am, so you might not remember this, but uh, <laughs> I believe he was the quarterback for the Jets, guy by the name of Chad Pennington. Yes, and, yes. And he was injured, 
before the season started. I got a phone call backing up. I got a phone call from a buddy of mine, uh, ran to loose, and he said, hey, do you want to play fantasy football? It's 100 bucks to get in. It's a winner-take-all league, except for highest points in the league gets their money back. I'm like, yeah, I'll throw 100 bucks at this, whatever. So we had a live draft over a, at a buddy of mine's house. Nice. And he said, you need to go buy a fantasy football magazine that will rank all the players and everything so you okay. know who to who to draft and everything. Well, in this second round, I took Chad Pennington, and everybody just laughed at me, and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, obviously you weren't paying attention. He's injured and blah, blah, blah. Right. Here's and, the book. I read the book. <laughs> right. It, and, and so I made this giant mistake, right? Right. Guess what? I you won the league. I won the league that year just literally looking at numbers because yeah, I made a bad choice on Chad Pennington, but all I did it's like uh what was that Jonah Hill in the Moneyball, Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt. I mean, yeah. I literally just looked at all the numbers and that's how I picked all the players and oh, wow. I, I I ran it through there and no kidding, the guy that ran the league when he handed me the eleven hundred dollars because there was twelve oh, people in the league. It hurt his feelings so bad because these are guys that eat, sleep, and breathe ESPN. You know, they knew everything about everyone. And I looked at it as numbers on a spreadsheet. And after that, I just basically kind of bowed out of fantasy football. It's like, you know, if you walk up if you walk up to a golf course and on the first hole you hit a hole in one, you just pack up your bag and you go, you you know, because it's downhill from there, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, it's you gotta go. <laughs> Yeah, wow, go was, out on top. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love that. But but I also like the fascination that there are things that people can invest in now that are not directly connected to, say, a business or, or some kind of stock market. Of course, there's manipulation in stock market. There's manipulation in crypto and everything. But uh, let's bring up our buddy LeBron again. I mean, he's going to go out there. He's going to play. I mean, he's got a contract, and, yeah, he's got sponsorships and all that, but then you've got that rookie. You've got Devin Hurt, who is literally coming up, and he's that rookie, and he's going to play his heart out, right? So it's betting, but it's the same thing as betting on a company as to whether or not they're actually going to make money, Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way we look at it. I mean, we're, you know, you can kind of mince words back and forth about is the stock market betting? No, it's investing. Is investing just betting where it's less risky? Right. You know, we, you can kind of do that circular logic all day um, with yourself and your friends and you'll get exactly nowhere. But that, that's kind of the idea. Right. What if you took this idea of I believe in the future of something, whether that's a company or a, a person, you know, athletic performance, as opposed to, I believe this event is going to happen tonight, which is, I think what we associate with a bet, right? I think the Patriots are going to win tonight. That is my bet. As opposed to, I believe in, in, well, I guess, you know, it would have been Tom Brady, uh, but now Mac Jones as the future of the Patriots. That's, that's how the, how the thought is different, which is the same way people look at stocks. I believe in the future of Amazon, Google, you know, it's, it is that difference of like, 
what is, I guess, your time horizon? What is your outlook? Um, and is it just you believe in some future performance and overperformance, or do you just believe in like, I think this one specific thing can happen tonight? So uh, let's bring this a little bit more home for somebody like me. And let's talk about Dak Prescott. Okay, so last season, yeah. last season I, I was watching the game when he broke his ankle and he's getting carted off the field and he's got tears in his eyes and you're saying, what's going to happen to the Cowboys? I mean, I'm a Dak Prescott fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, which... It, you know, I've been since I was a little kid, and it's very painful to be a Cowboys fan. But I'm a Cowboys fan, too. You don't have to tell me. Yeah, I, I know. I, I mean, how hard is it to be a Cowboys fan, right? So, so, you know, you look at last season and you say Dak Prescott gets hurt and what's going to happen to the Cowboys, and, of course, they fall apart. And now you look at the season and Dak is just a machine out there. Right and and having a great game. So with prediction strike, let's rewind to last year. What happened it, to give people an example, like to put it in their head, if they would have had that ability to look forward in the future and say, I know next year Dak Prescott's going to be a champ, right? I mean, he's going to be a machine. He's going to be a stud or whatever. So with prediction strike, what happened at the beginning of Dak's season? And then what happened when he got hurt and where's he at now? Yeah. Uh, let me, as we talk, I'm going to look up the chart, but basically I do remember, of course, a lot of what happened. Remember the injury that was, was watching that live, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you and I both. And, and by the way, <laughs> Uh, for anybody that didn't see it, I mean, it was painful to watch, right, Devin? Hard I mean, to watch. Oh, it it was terrible to watch, and and I I know you're you're looking that up on the computer. I don't mind right now if I can switch to you. You can no kidding share your screen, and we can kind of look at the chart. I don't want to put any pressure on you. We don't have to do that by any means, but I I, I do want you to kind of walk through you know, at least Dak Prescott as an example. And it, when it comes to pro sports, I pretty much know the Cowboys and that's it, but maybe you have another one, but let's at least let's get through Dak Prescott. For sure. So last year, basically his stock price, I mean, it was climbing. So he was killing it at the beginning of the year. First five weeks of the season, he was looking like he was an MVP candidate, maybe some pass yard records. I mean, he was just absolutely destroying it. Share price was climbing, climbing, climbing all year long. And then, uh, unfortunately, got hurt. Share price came down. People started selling. That really dropped the share price, unfortunately. And now this year, he's back. And it seems like he, he's playing better than ever. Um, and so his share price is all the way back up. So he's back up just below where he was last year. Um, and remember, the Cowboys have only played, I think, five games this season. So expect that share price to keep climbing. I mean, he's cooking. He's absolutely cooking. So as long as he keeps this up, uh, you know, we're going to see some huge gains. Right now, Dak is one of the higher share prices on our, on our platform. He's 1030 a share. So w when he started the season last year, do you have the chart in front of you that when he started the season last year, what his share price was and then what his share price went down to after he got hurt? 
Yes. Yeah, so when he started last year, he came <laughs> he came in about seven, uh, shot up to about twelve uh, when he was just on that crazy run, and then came back down uh, to nine. Oh, so he only went down to nine bucks a share when he got hurt. I mean, 25% though, that's still a good amount, but okay. Fair enough. I mean, that that's a pretty big drop, but your platform actually reflected the fact that this wasn't necessarily career ending, you know, exactly. That is the big, yeah. Jerry Jones didn't fire the guy, right? I mean, he, he was hurt. He couldn't throw the ball. He couldn't get out there and be the quarterback, right? Jerry Jones didn't fire him. He wasn't gone. Even Jerry knew, hey, we got we got to let this guy heal, and he's going to come back, and he's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. And your platform literally reflected the fact that that's what happened. Right. I think if it were like a one-year thing, like, you know, everybody – because your, your portfolio rolls over, right? So I think if it were a one-year thing, then – Dak's share price probably would have gone to like $1 or something, right? You know, nothing. He's because he was out for the year. Um, and so that would have been different, but exactly. Jerry Jones didn't fire him. Everyone knew he was coming back. He's a quarterback. It was a leg injury. You know, it's not, it's nothing. It's, you can come back for that. I mean, Peyton Manning came back from a neck injury, right? <laughs> you right. can do that as a quarterback. Yeah, no, totally makes sense. So, uh, what happens when a player retires, you know, it, it, and really retires? Cause I know we have players that retire and then come back and maybe that's the next question, but seriously, it's so it, you've got shares in a player and they retire. What happens? In not anything inherently. Um, you're right. Players do retire and come back, but when a player retires only, what the market decides because now they're not, they're no longer going to have games, right. To affect their, how their performance affect their, their actual stock price. So now uh, either users are going to start selling or maybe some people might even just hold because a lot of the times people are buying shares of just their favorite players. So they like seeing whoever that, that person is in their portfolio, like someone like Tom Brady. I imagine a lot of people are going to keep those shares around. Um, you know, we don't know. We don't know how much longer he's going to play. Uh, Dak, someone's incredibly popular. I know he's got to be what ten years off from retirement at this point, but it, someone could just want to keep those shares around. Very, very possible. Gotcha. So it and and maybe I phrased the question wrong. So it, I mean, their share price could remain steady even though they're not yes. playing anymore. Exactly. Okay, I got you. So in your system and and you're going to have to help me here a little bit it did we have somebody i think honestly gronkowski i think was one that you know was in the time frame of prediction strike where he was on the patriots he retired and then turned around and came back can you walk everybody through what happened as far as share prices go with somebody like gronkowski who you know was a big player uh, then retired and then came back. Yep. So Gronk's share price, um, we had looked at this fairly recently. 
it, it took a slight dip when he retired. And that was just a lot of people selling. People were kind of saying, well, I'm not making money off Gronk, you know, thanks for the memories, but people did sell. And then he came back, he comes back, wins the Super Bowl, catches a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's been catching touchdowns this year too. So now his share price is just pretty consistently on the uptick. So it, it did kind of what you expect in terms of, if you think about what is the value to, to Gronk right now, right? It's the, it's, he's playing games at some point, then he leaves and it's like, all right, it's just sentimental. And then it's like, okay, well, now he's back and he's balling out. So that stock price is going to go up. So it follows. I mean, that's exactly what we wanted to do as well. Follow. How do fans actually perceive these athletes? So obviously, and I shouldn't say obviously, but they're only and you're currently, by the way, in NFL and NBA only. And, and the UFC. Yeah, yep. UF, UFC is coming up. But currently, though, in NFL and NBA, it's only current players, right? Current and then, play, yes, players who have retired since we started. But yes. Right, right. So I can't go Relative. buy shares of Michael Jordan. Correct, in, exactly. In the NBA or, you know, or uh, Danny White from the Cowboys or Tony Romo. You know, if you look at Tony Romo for the Cowboys, right, it's like, okay, he retired before Prediction Strike came out, but now he's popular. He's a CBS analyst and everything, which could kind of adjust that. But you could argue that if a player retires and then goes into an analyst position or maybe – a coach, maybe a offensive coordinator, whatever, and you own shares in them, that might add value, correct? Oh, definitely. Especially someone like Tony Romo, who, when he became a commentator, he met, made a big splash. And everyone's like, how is he such a good commentator, right? He was so popular for that instantly that you could definitely, definitely see that. Um, you know, and like you said, someone might become a great coach. Now imagine you had, I don't know, who's a who was a good player that turned coach off the top of my head, but like you have shares in someone their whole career. Imagine eventually we'll open up to college. So you had shares of them in college, pros, maybe they won a ring. Now they're a co assistant coach. Um, you know, a position coach, position coach, assistant coach, head coach, maybe they won another ring. And you would stock on them that whole way through. Now that would be a ride. Yeah. No, that Totally makes sense. So it does your program take out a little bit of unpredictability in that performance as far as honestly kind of buying into the talent and not necessarily the, you know, any given One Sunday. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Walk, walk us through how that works. People will use both strategies. Some people do something that's closer to day trading. Like you would see with stocks or like, I think they're just going to knock it out of the park this week. Maybe this is a weak defense or they have a good matchup, whatever. And other people were like, exactly. I'm buying into the talent. I want to buy into Pat Mahomes right now because it's, I mean, maybe not right now this year because a little shaky, but like uh, two, three years ago, if you were like, I'm buying Pat Mahomes stock, you would have kept that for the rest of your life. And so people definitely employ all kinds of strategies or like, a different player gets traded to the team. Maybe that affects how many minutes they play or who they're getting matched up against. And people will react to all of that. Yeah, that 
That makes total sense. So uh, signing up for a prediction strike, and I'm going to throw a curveball at you here in a second, so get ready. E- even though you're not in baseball yet, uh, I'm okay. using a baseball reference. I'm, 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 I'm going to put you on the spot here in a second. But So signing up for prediction strike, how does somebody do that? Uh, easiest way is to go to the App Store, download the app. It's just prediction strike. Um, or go to the web, predictionstrike.com. And then you just sign up. Super easy. Don't need a credit card to sign up. You sign up, take a look around, um, and then add money whenever you're ready. Is there a kind of a free version that it, people can kind of play with maybe the free money, fake money to see how they would do? Or is this just kind of looking around the app and seeing how it works? We don't have one of those yet. Uh, right now, it is just looking around the app and, and seeing uh, seeing how it works, seeing what those share price changes look like and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, but they can do it from their computer. They don't necessarily have to do it from their phone. Obviously, yes. most people do it, it do everything from their phones nowadays, right? Yeah. But you, you do have a website where it, they can have two monitors set up, and it's like, okay, you know, I've, I'm looking at this player over here, and I've got prediction strike on this monitor, and now I'm sitting here. And like you alluded to, day trading, you know, yep. watching ESPN and looking at sports news and everything and, and seriously day trading all that, right? Yep, exactly. That's exactly how, how you can do it. Nice. Okay. So uh, only U.S. based or is this available in other countries? For now, just U.S. based. Um, and that's just a regulatory thing. Um, once you start spending money on things on the Internet, um, you always have to check with local regulations. Um, so still working through what, other, what we might be able to do in other countries. But for now, just U.S. Gotcha. So uh, looking at things like DraftKings, I remember when DraftKings came out, uh, it was limited to certain states because uh, it was still considered gambling. Have you went through anything like that? Any kind of problems We've, with that? Not really. Um, of course, it's just speaking with lawyers to make sure we're doing the right thing. Um, but we're neither gambling nor daily fantasy sports, which is what DraftKings is. Um, we're just an e-commerce site, which is nice. Gotcha. Oh, that makes it much easier. So now here comes the curveball. Okay. So our listeners want to jump into this. Can we get some kind of promo code that, you know, somebody wants to sign up for, you know, prediction strike and maybe our, our listeners can get some kind of, you know, promo code, kind of like DraftKings, you know, you hear all those things where it's like, oh, sign up and put in Wolf yeah. Shepherd podcast and get a freebie. Yes. You know what? I will do it right now on the air. Um, what would you like the promo code to be? Uh, let's let's just go Wolf Shepherd. Wolf Shepherd. Yeah. Super. So, so <laughs> what happens now when one of our customers sign up and they, they enter the promo code Wolf Shepherd. And by the way, as you're sitting there literally typing, I saw your screen light up. I mean, you're literally setting this up right now. So uh, I just want to make sure that because we've actually ran into this, Shepherd is spelled S H E P H E R D, you know. So uh, of course, the the banners in the background, but a, a lot of people <laughs> misspell the word shepherd. So wolf shepherd. So they're going to go in. They're going to create an account on 
on prediction strike and they're going to enter the promo code wolf shepherd now what happens now with their first deposit of 20 or more they get a free player stock up to about 50 dollars. nice nice i like that so uh can i get free shares of dak prescott you of course <laughs> yes <laughs> As long as the wolf gets absolutely nothing from this. Uh, <laughs> he didn't I, even I, show up today. Yeah, yes. It, exactly. I mean, he he's out there on his honeymoon and everything, so he's having his own good time. So I, I need to get something out of this, right? Hey, we can make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, kind of closing this out, uh, you've talked about you know how to download the app or whatever. If somebody wanted to reach out and ask some more questions that I wasn't able to fill in, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You know, social media, uh, things like that. How can they reach you? So for me personally, the best social media is Twitter. I'm on Twitter at King Dev Hurt. Um, I have an Instagram. I am terrible at Instagram. Uh, I think it's just Devin Hurt. Um, you can look for me there. If uh, I take well, a while. not to interrupt you, but you're not terrible on Instagram. I am the definition of terrible on Instagram. Our our Instagram is terrible because I continuously forget to put stuff on there. I mean, right. it, I mean, let's talk about it, what a pain in the ass social media uh, is, right? I mean, I, I'm looking at you right now, and of course the camera's on me, but you're sitting there, you're doing this. I I feel you, man. I feel yes. you, brother. It sucks so bad. It's so much work. Like at least Twitter, I can just kind of let my thoughts fly. It's super easy. It's kind of like sending a text, kind of let it go. Instagram, I feel like, okay, now I have to figure out which picture I want to post. Like, do I edit it? Do I filter it? Do I crop it? It's just like, okay, now I've spent 10 minutes and I don't know if I care anymore. Um, yeah. Or, or here's the worst part for me. So I'm colorblind and I see these photoshopped and i don't know if that's even an old word or not or whatever but photoshopped pictures of women and as bad as my colorblindness is i'm saying you are so terrible at photoshop that is literally not what you look like it looks like cartoon characters and all that which is why i've shied away from there but you know once again here we go on some tangent that you know, we're used to doing and I interrupted you. I'm sorry. So, so you got your Twitter, you got Instagram, which you, you no. and I are going to enter a competition. <laughs> Maybe you need a stock on precision strike of who is the worst. Instagram. <laughs> we might need that. We I, might need. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Like a special stock that we can kind of <laughs> just bet against each other of who, who is worse at Instagram. I'm, I'm going to give you a spoiler. I win. I, I'm worse than you. You're probably right. Um, and, but make sure to follow also the prediction strike accounts. We're active on those um, prediction strike. Oh, Twitter's at predict strike um, blank Twitter for character limits. And Instagram is at prediction strike um, uh, email, not emails, DM us, messages, whatever you want there. Um, if you have another outstanding question, email us at hello at prediction strike.com. Sweet. So, uh, and I, I know I told you before we hit record, I was going to give you this, but I didn't let you talk about the UFC part. So can you give everybody kind of a little fill in of the UFC part of, of that and maybe what else is coming up? 
Yes. So we're launching UFC for the November 6th card at UFC 268 in New York, New York. So we're real excited about that. We're going to IPO fighters sometime next week. So we ought to buy your shares next week. Um, really happy. Just can't wait. So that's the big thing. UFC is coming in November. Um, and then soon we'll be adding baseball for their next season. Once spring training starts, we're there. Uh, we'll be adding soccer next year as well because next year's a World Cup year. Have to have soccer. Uh, so those are some of the big, big changes that are coming down the, down the pipe. Gotcha. Fantastic. Well, hey, Devin, certainly appreciate you joining me today. Uh, honestly, I've been fascinated with this idea since it was pitched to me to talk to you. I mean, we, I've looked at the website. I've downloaded the app. I was waiting for my promo code, you know, so I can get a free player, whatever. So now the promo code is set up. I'm looking forward to, you know, being active on the app. I mean, it it it's really, really cool and definitely a different way to look at fantasy sports. So appreciate that. And with all that said, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd, and we will catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, thewolfandtheshepherd.com, to your friends and colleagues. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes when you get a chance. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for additional content. Join us next time for another episode of the Wolf and the Shepherd. Ooh.